everybody, and welcome back to Parallel Words, Parallel Words Writing Podcast. I'm your host, John Jagger, joined by Aaron Green. I was going to say, as always, but uh, we just discussed <laughs> this. It's been three months, Aaron. Hi. Yeah, I know. Hi. How's it going? I was lost in the woods. It's been a damn quarter of a year since I we know. got together to do this show proper. It flies <laughs> by because I was like, oh, this yep. hasn't been that long. Nope. Yeah, it's been no, a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully people have been enjoying uh, either me speaking awkwardly by myself uh, or the retro episodes or just skipping a damn month because I had a kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a, a valid excuse to not do a podcast. I think so, too. We'll see what yeah, the we'll birth what of a child. Do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people will be the judge of that. They'll let us know. <laughs> Tell and us, Internet. They will say unacceptable <laughs> never again yes, it's true uh but we are back and we do have stories for you this week it's a little more uh it's a little more back to normal for us um yeah. than it has been although still a little different because aaron uh because we haven't been together to do a show we don't have a prompt or we didn't do no a prompt. prompt uh this month i told you i said Pre-form. look man been crazy for me it's been crazy for you just write something like at this point the bar is just that let's write something get words on a page yeah forget prompts forget word count restrictions forget any sort of structure just just write something down if you want to come on this show and read the birthday card you wrote for somebody (laughs) that i'm sure had a birthday in the past three months we can do that just as long as we've written something. But I have a story. Okay, so did I. What? So Is that all, better? Is that better than out. a birthday card? It is. Although I'm sure there's Good. people now that are like, I wonder what they write for birthday cards. Do they you go would be all disappointed. out? Yeah. <laughs> I used to. I mean, let me just say, I used to go all out for birthday cards. Mm-hmm. And I used to, because I, I felt like, you know, people know I like writing. People who have spoken to me know I'm very verbose, know I can't shut up, know I like to talk, I like words. <laughs> and so knowing that people know this, it always felt like, well, I have to write something. It has to be, sure. it has to be more. And then I just decided one day, and it was on a card, I think, to my mom. So it wasn't like it was a nothing card. (laughs) And I was just like, have a great birthday. (laughs) All of a sudden, you just start. It's like your your loved ones now become the the birthday cards that you sign at work. Right. Or what you write in a yearbook of someone you don't really know. Just like, have a great (laughs) summer. Stay cool this summer. Uh Uh-huh. But I hope you have a cool year. Stay cool. Stay cold, pony boy. I hope we have stay classes cold, together cold, next year. Boy. Yeah, right. Uh, so just that. I did the equivalent <laughs> of that. And honestly, Aaron, it was freeing as hell. It's true. I, I was it like, is. oh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, you've broken three from the constraints uh-huh. of the societal need to write elaborate birthday cards. Yes, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so is that is that what you do? Do you just No, just God a... no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not really a card dude. Oh, you uh, just don't give them never... a card at all. No, it's I give them a present like you know, it's it's like I don't know. It was never really a big thing on my side of the family. It's a very big thing on my wife's side of the family, but yeah, it's just never been something that I've done. I don't know why. I'm not big on cards, honestly. Yeah. I got yelled at because I opened a card, read it, went ha, and started going for the trash. And I got a, what are you doing? <laughs> You've got to save it for a minimum of two weeks. I was like, it's going in the trash. It's garbage now. I've taken <laughs> out of it the treasure that I'm going to enjoy. Uh, the loot has been pillaged <laughs> from this out card. I nose a little bit harder than I normally do. And, That's uh... Yeah, now it's going in the garbage. <laughs> anyway, you know. we didn't write cards. Maybe one no. writing prompt. 
maybe if we have another crazy month we'll be like hey this yeah. this month's prompt is to do a card <laughs> it's when you know we've really hit the bottom we've hit a wall <laughs> we, we've once again lowered the bar to greeting card <laughs> we're not trying to limbo we're just we've we've laid the the bar on the ground and we're just going to roll over top of it slowly. i i think if we can keep this up till october and who knows <laughs> at this stage but if we can keep this up to October and we do horror month, I think one of the horror month weeks should be a uh, Halloween card. I love it. I'm on board. We can do this. I think that would I be a great a prompt. Time. That's a week three I prompt right there. True. That, that's the big buildup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's uh, week three, Aaron. Week three. It's, you're sure. not, it's not your opener. It's not no. your follow-up to establish, you know, general principle. And sure. it's not your closer. Although, no. doing the retro, I discovered that we did, like, six weeks of Horror Month. So Yeah, I, we really did. <laughs> like, I was like, what month ever <laughs> was the, constituted seven episodes for Horror Month? <laughs> uh, I think but, we just got stuck. We just got, we got on a roll and didn't stop yeah but i think a greeting card is a week three prompt and i think it's great i think we should 100 pencil it in if we make it <laughs> uh Check aaron i'm gonna say i don't know what the order was for the stories last time i have a feeling it was we ended with you so i'm gonna say let's end it with me okay sounds like a plan to me okay so we're going to start with Aaron's story again. No prompt this uh, month. It was just to yes. write. Uh, Aaron, Promptless. when you were given freedom to do whatever you wanted, is there anything you want to say going into it? Sure. Um, so I did this one as a kind of experiment in world building. Um, I've had a concept that I've been kind of toying around with for a while at this point, and I wanted to try to get into and like write in that universe uh, and do a little bit of world building. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, it's just kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a story of flavor. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense at no, all. It does. Like, um, <laughs> I, I mean, Hey, we made sense in my brain, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what? Yeah, it was so, per it's perfect. I, I think right. that it's important, you know, I it's very easy for us to get into certain trappings on the show where it's like, oh, sure. it's gotta be a complete story and it has to be scary. Like these are the trappings of our of our lives sometimes, because it's what yeah, we like. Right. I mean, we're mm -hmm. you write a story a month, like it's very easy to go, Well, I wanna write the thing I'm gonna like. I don't want my story for the month to be a feel good rom com story that <laughs> <laughs> just not not gonna be in my wheelhouse that's uh, just not who i am on the inside john yeah i'm not feeling it and so <laughs> i i think it's good to, i think in some ways uh we both kind of broke out of the norm for us this uh yeah. with the freedom to write whatever we wanted which is cool because hey yeah. there was no restriction saying that you know we had to, but we did it anyway. So yeah. uh, I agree. And it also doesn't have to be a, it, not every story has to be a perfect, perfect full story. You can do world building yeah. on here. That's great. A, a vignette. Yeah. As it were. That's a, a fancy killer word. opening like scene. I'm going for it. Like, there you go. Like uh, if <laughs> literally, if, if this was a TV show, this would be uh, pre credits. And it would mm -hmm. be your your cool cold open that uh, would yeah. get people hooked. Yeah, I'm hoping so. So let me know if you want to read more set in this universe. Tell me, because huh. it will give me motivation to actually write actual <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, so. With that in mind, we will uh, pick up afterwards, since we're already getting into spoiler territory. We don't want to ruin the whole thing. Uh, here's Blood on the Leaves. Blood on the Leaves, a tale of the verdant sea. Alexei shivered as the chill of twilight fell through the canopy. 
the shadows growing deep and long beneath the gently rustling leaves that surrounded him. The wound on his leg still oozed slowly, even now, staining the makeshift bandage of bright crimson. Alternating between curses upon Neff's dice for his sour luck and desperate prayers to the green man for rescue that he knew would go unheeded, he looked up through bleary eyes toward the surface of the canopy, wondering if he should risk the fifty-meter climb, hoping that maybe enough of his ship, the wielder's folly, was left for him to take refuge in. With grim determination, he steeled himself for the climb. Bracing himself against a pair of the spiny maple's branches, being careful to avoid the razor-sharp leaves, he tried to stand, only to have his leg buckle beneath him, and he collapsed once again to his branch with a gasp of pain. After several moments, the wielder retrieved an arm-length piece of rope from his waist pack and tied it tight around his waist, securing himself to the trunk of the tree. If he passed out from blood loss, it might well be the only thing to save him from joining the wreck of the folly in its grave on the forest floor kilometers below. That is, assuming his broken body wasn't eaten by one of the hundreds of vile creatures that swam the deeper reaches of the Sea of Trees. He simply needed to wait until another float came to investigate the plume of dark smoke that rose into the sky above him. As the twin moons rose toward the heavens, Alexei retrieved a small strip of smoked haddock from his waist pack. As he gnawed hungrily at the tough piece of meat, he watched the small schools of fish, mostly sardines and perch, glide between the branches and vines. The eerie silence of the night-draped forest was broken by a sound Alexei had only heard in childhood nightmares, and the stories his eldest brothers had told to frighten him. A soft, almost delicate chittering, like the sound of a cutthroat's blade being slid from its sheath. His head whipped to the side, trying to see behind him as the skittering of something with too many legs made leaves rustle and branches creak. Facing forward again, he noticed the woods around him had gone completely still. The schools of curious fish were nowhere to be seen. No longer could he hear the calls of birds or the buzzing of insects. Before him, in the deepest shadows of the forest, something moved. It was only a hint of motion at first, slight shaking of branches, the gentle rub of skin or hair on the coarse bark of the trees, the dimmest flicker of a reflection across closely grouped eyes the color of the shepherd's abyss, Alexei's mouth went dry as two long-segmented legs slid from the darkness. Covered in stiff hair and as long as a man is tall, the two were followed by two more, and then another four behind those, slipping into the pale moonlight that shone now through the gaps in the canopy. Between them, a long, pointed snout, a wide mouth filled with densely packed wickedly serrated teeth. Upon its smooth skin head lay eight glistening eyes, two larger central eyes flanked by three smaller on either side. And all of them were locked upon Alexei, pitiless and hungry. The creature stopped, its two front legs raised up the crosswork of branches beneath it, only ten meters from him, its whole body rigid and preternaturally still. Horror pumped through Alexei as he stared into the empty gaze of the predator, and he tried to stand, only to be halted by the rope wrapped tightly around him. Panic washing over him, he began to desperately claw at the knot to his side, unable to release his gaze from those horrible glinting eyes. His fingers fumbled inexpertly against the tangle of rope, Fear giving way to desperation, he pulled his eyes away from the hunter and down to the rope as he struggled against the knot. Though it was only a fraction of a second when he looked back up, the creature now sat immediately in front of him. He hadn't even heard it move. Alexei's hands dropped limply to his sides. He stared at the monster before him, long ropes of saliva dripping down teeth as long as his small finger. 
A pair of tiny mandibles uncurled from the edges of the gaping mouth, slick with the drool, and they shot forward toward Alexei's neck. The sting was brief and almost completely painless. Alexei thought back to the time he'd been given an inoculation against blood ivy when he was six autumns old. He'd been so afraid of the needle, but it was over and done before he knew it. Now Alexei looked up at the beast, towering above him with mild confusion, the venom making it harder and harder for his mind to settle on any one thought for more than a few seconds before they were lost in the fuzziness that seemed to fill his head. He didn't even feel it when the teeth closed around him. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> it's a story. Yes, John, it is a story. Uh, or a vignette, rather. Man, I gotta tell one. you, just unrelated to, well, not unrelated, it was reminding me of it. I'm showing my wife all of Doctor Who right now, going, <laughs> going through the, the whole damn thing. That's the way you got to do. And literally today we watched Arachnids in the UK. <laughs> and yep. th then I heard this story and I was like, well, my day just has a theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one was a little more sharky than uh, uh, than, than just a just a spider, though. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you don't want just a spider. Yeah, I, I thought that that was really like where a lot of this came from was just the idea of like, what if there was like a Avatar The Last Airbender style creature where they combine two animals together uh, and then it was a shark and a tarantula and I <laughs> immediately was mortified that I'd even thought of creating that. That thing inside my brain i don't like and... what you did to the world that gave us tur <laughs> turtle ducks <laughs> and fire ferrets badger moles it badger moles secret tunnels and a and, and a single regular bear yep oh that bad things happened to that bear too like look at that oh, we're we're talking about the innocent aspects and somehow you still managed to hit on the bear which apparently Met a real grisly end. Gruesome. Ah, grisly. Oh. I'm a dad now, Aaron. I get to tell that joke and not even feel bad. Look at that. You shouldn't revel in it. Yeah. Absorb it. I got my card in the mail. I was like, hell yes. I don't. Know. I was already doing it, but now mm. I have a license to do it. Yeah. Now it's legal. Yeah, like James Bond after the first two. Well, because you got to kill two people to become a double O agent. For sure. That was, they that said that sense. in the Casino Royale. Yeah. Aaron, tell me about your story. <laughs> let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I really just had this idea of a kind of fantasy style universe in which instead of oceans of water you had giant forests so like the canopy the tips of the trees would be like where sea level is and everything would just grow you know would just be further deeper down uh and so there was some some interesting kind of things that i had to come up with to to make that a little more i don't want to say realistic because it's a planet where instead of water there's trees but but regardless it uh it was, was it, the idea had kind of really stuck with me so i wanted to try to get into writing something that took place in that universe so that seemed to work well yeah i think that's a cool idea i uh, let me tell you as a big fan of kashik where the wookies live <laughs> i can go for a big dark dangerous forest world um that right. seems pretty cool to me and yeah. uh i i dug it i thought again i mean you're playing on fears that i have so you know <laughs> thanks but yeah, uh you're welcome i think it you're was welcome. i think it was really i think it was That's really good and it was it was definitely <laughs> i mean i guess that it did exactly what it needed to do because i was like well 
where do we go from here? Obviously, this guy's little journey's done. You know, what's yeah, the no, what's the is, what's the next part of the story? So as far as world building, yeah. mission accomplished. I was like, where, where do we go from here? Yeah, and, and that was really my goal. Is is it when you're working on a new project, it can be kind of hard to start uh, because you're you got to figure out what's the what's the voice, what's the tone, what words am I going to use in place of other words? You know, um, I figured the word boat wouldn't really work when they're like floating on the top of a forest. So I decided to play on it and just call them floats. Yeah. So it's just it's one of those things where it, it was really a lot of kind of figuring out some rules and general visual stuff for it. So I think it kind of served its purpose in that and helping solidify what the what this universe looks like. So, yeah, I think it's a killer idea. Like I from the moment you started talking about it, I was just like, man. That'd be cool because you could just, like i'm just thinking and maybe it's maybe it's the lazy route but i'm just like going boat tropes but now just applied to a forest like you know diving yeah uh you know making somebody walk the plank although mm -hmm. you know gravity will get you uh but exactly. i mean like you know i, I just i'm thinking of all the kind of boat tropes <laughs> sounds like it should be a hashtag boat tropes. hashtag boat right. tropes hashtag boat <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the problem is i don't know any like now i feel like we've got a killer hashtag but i don't know any boat tropes i don't even know what a boat trope would be but now i really want to use it hashtag boat tropes at least we have the name of an episode there we go yeah it, it was i figured you know everybody's suddenly into uh sea shanties i gotta do something nautical but not nautical, so not ickle. I agree. Sorry, I was writing <laughs> hashtag boat trope so I could remember <laughs> what the title of the episode was going to be. I love it. Uh, yeah, I I think it's ve it's very very cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to to kind of mention about it before we move forward? Or no, uh, I mean it's it's definitely something that I'd like to do more of. Uh. I feel like I'm starting to get kind of a good idea of a story that can take place in the universe that would be large enough uh, to to fit it, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I, I will hopefully be able to do more from there. My hope is that Rare Entertainment will make an exciting video game property of your game or of your world and call it Sea of Leaves. Yeah, let's do it. I'm for it. I think that would be a do great it. game. It's yeah. got good tree tech. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of clear objectives. But it's they, they're working on it, and it's very well received. Sea of Leaves. Yeah, yeah Sea of Leaves. Good music. Yeah, I'm going to play the accordion. There you go. On my float, yeah. I'm going to sit there and there just play go. the accordion, and other people can worry about their job. My job, is to, yeah. My job is to keep um, people upbeat and positive in a world that's very dangerous. Honestly, your world is more nightmarish to me than the ocean one. Because <laughs> even though I don't like water, like it's, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say a phobia, but I just, you know, I don't want to be in a situation where I am ill-equipped to deal with anything and there are things very well-equipped to dealing with me. Uh, yes. That's just, I, I mean, it's like... It's like if Batman's family came out and they like saw the murder alley and they saw a happy alley and they were like, let's go there. That's what I feel like going in the ocean is like. It's just like, yeah. no, no, it's just dangerous. Um, but yeah. what, what's freaky about your world is like if you're on a boat, you know, shark's not going to mess with the boat, really. Like, I'm sure it could happen. I've seen Jaws, but I'm pretty sure that's fantasy. Like, sharks are just going to be under there. And, you know, if you go in the water, well, then you went in the water. But friggin' spider sharks, they just climb up the boat. They just come mm -hmm. right on the boat and just be like, hey, you messed up. <laughs> You're going to have a bad day. <laughs> You're about to really be upset. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I don't know like that I would describe it like a full on phobia, but I understand people who do have like thalassophobia. Like, I get it. I get it. It's definitely uncomfortable. Like that open water concept and not knowing what's underneath you. Yeah. But knowing that there is undoubtedly something underneath you. Yeah, that oh. wigs me out. A bit. Yeah, there's absolutely. Yeah, that's the other part. There is definitely stuff down there. It's not a case mm -hmm. of like, there's probably nothing down there. No, there's probably stuff down there. There's probably not going to be anything that eats you. That's the difference. <laughs> the probably not isn't, is there something there? It's, it's probably not going to eat you. Yeah. Probably. You know, and, and I mean, that's the thing is like things can eat you that just have no intention on even eating you. Like you could straight up Pinocchio, man. Like. Yeah just happened to be swimming near near a whale bunch of fish oh i'm inside it now and i'm dead or you just touch a jellyfish it's just like yeah. well i was just swimming and something just touched me and that's it for me my bad i just i existed in a space and now i don't get to live anymore because stupid fish engineering <laughs> hashtag boat tropes yes hashtag boat tropes those fish engineers <laughs> Yes, that's truly the deadliest part of the planet. It's true. All right, Aaron, thank you for the story. It was fantastic. Uh, I am excited if you ever decide to revisit this uh, this world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I probably will. That brings us to our so, second story. Oh, hi. It's your turn, John. It is my turn. I'm, I'm excited. Tell us about this one. Well... Uh, I started, it's funny, I started writing this story um, actually in time with the story. I wrote, I started writing this story days before my son was born, uh, and I finished writing it yesterday. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's not very long, um, but finding the time to write it has been, it has spanned the event itself. And I wanted to, I wanted to change it up like you. I wanted to write something that was uh, certainly anxiety-inducing, but not necessarily horror. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to write something true. Um, people don't know this, but I had a different story picked out, I think a month or two ago for one of the ones I did. And I wrote the thing, and I just was very unhappy with it. It was, it, it was just a true story. Um, and it, it just didn't do what I wanted it to do. And so I, I ended up writing something else and just left that by the wayside, but I still wanted to write something, um, that was just nonfiction. And I just wanted to write about my life. And that is what this story is. It was, uh, something that genuinely happened a couple nights before my son was born and, you know, I tried to make it as entertaining as possible, uh, trying to walk that line of being humorous without being too saccharine or, you know, too overly invested in my own business. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed the intro, and I thought the intro describing my thoughts on cats in general was pretty fun. Uh, and so I just wanted to expand it from there and uh, tell the story of a night couple nights before my son came into this world all right so we have some uh autobiographical anxiety from john <laughs> <laughs> yep and so uh hey everybody here's my story it is called helping pa helping pa by john jagger despite being frequently compared to one in my own temperament i've never really been fond of cats this did not prevent one from residing in our house. Ask any dog owner where their faithful canine companion came from, and you'll hear a tale. It might not be the most interesting story ever, but it'll certainly be the story of a furry companion that was sought out by people in one way or another. Ask a cat owner where they got their cat, and you might hear a similar story, but you'll also hear, oh, he belonged to so-and-so, but wound up here. Or something like, it just turned up. We fed it once, and I guess we have a cat now. Even my childhood cat's origin story was like this. She just came in through the doggy door one night, curled up in my bed, and we had a cat. 
All this to say that cats are more acquired than sought. This was the case with the cat I mentioned living in our apartment. Well, at least from my perspective. He was my wife's cat before she was my wife, which meant he was inherited among the wedding vows. I probably sound harsher than I intend to. He's a fine cat. He doesn't really cause trouble, asks for only a minimum wage when it comes to pets, manages his own food and water intake, and generally just likes to sleep. Nothing to get excited about, but nothing overtly obnoxious. In truth, I don't see a lot of him until after everyone has gone to bed, in those hours where our schedules overlap perfectly. That's when it was, too. The late evening, when my wife and her kids had gone to bed. The time I had decided to take for myself by offering a few extra hours of sleep I might otherwise gain. I was in our office, browsing the internet or playing some game, but my mind was not in it. These quiet hours were golden for getting me time with hobbies, but it also opened the floodgates of thought and reflection. I thought of my wife in the other room, the baby in her belly that would be here in just a few more nights. I had been a stepdad of sorts for almost a year, but I was about to be a dad-dad. This wasn't going to be like the other kids. They had become family, but they had done so as fully formed kids. They could talk to me from the moment we met. This was different, and I wasn't going to be John. To this one, I was going to be Dad. My foot began to bounce up and down as the anxiety began to slip in. It was a bad habit I had picked up from a friend I'd known quite a long time ago, and it had somehow stuck with me. I hardly notice it anymore unless I get called out by someone else, and this time I did. But it came in the form of a soft meow. The cat gently pressed against the bouncing leg, which caused me to slow and stop it. He meowed at me again, and I offered some head scratches to validate him and hopefully send him on his way. After another passing rub against my leg, he seemed satisfied and took up a position on the other side of the office. In the moment, I didn't think anything of it. His visit and call for attention wasn't unheard of, so I was quick to disregard the visit and return to what I was doing. It didn't take long for the anxiety to find me again, though. With it, my leg began to bounce again, tapping a rhythm that told all my fears being kept only just at bay. Meow. The sound came again, and so did the soft nudge on my dancing foot. This time I noticed. I bent down and gave the cat some generous pets and attention before he got bored and wandered back to his spot. I decided to test him, so I bounced my leg intentionally. The cat just stared at me for a moment before becoming bored again and laying down. I frowned, a little disappointed that his attention had not been as intentional as I had thought, and I just returned to what I was doing. Jesus, I thought. In just days, he's going to be here. We had known the date for the C-section, barring any extremely early surprises, and somehow even knowing exactly when, it all felt unreal. Babies happen to other people. How can I be a dad? I can't even take care of myself. I thought about my parents, the life they gave me. I knew it wasn't as easy for them as it seemed to me, but still, how could I measure up? My foot began to bounce again. For a third time, I heard the meow, and the cat rubbed against my leg. I looked down, and he stared right into my eyes. I've never really been fond of cats, but in that moment, we had, there was a wordless exchange, as if he knew all the anxieties I was facing, and in the calm way cats do, he told me what I needed to hear. It's going to be okay. He meowed again and started walking away before flashing me another snooty glance. Well, probably. And that's it. That's the story. <laughs> I liked it. It's a good narrative. And I think that, I mean, you know, as a as a father myself, it, it definitely is. I can relate to too much of the emotional turmoil. Yeah, <laughs> that's involved with that. So it, I, I I thought it was great. 
It's a, it's a, I was a wreck. I still am in a lot of ways. Um, you know, that hasn't, well, that doesn't stop. yeah, that hasn't changed. <laughs> and, uh, my understanding from everyone I've talked to, it never goes away. I just, mm -hmm. you know, I don't necessarily want it to go away. I just want to get it better at stupid things. Like, I don't mind that I look at him and I go, is my son's head the right shape? I'm worried about this. That's fine. I know I'm going to worry about that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's just mm -hmm. going to happen. That's why my wife is cool and awesome. And she's there to tell me it's fine. And I'm like, but he looks weird. And she's like, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, so that's what that's that stuff. What I don't like is that I get anxious about stupid stuff. Like, is he going to go to sleep right away tonight or is it going to be hard? Like that's, it doesn't matter. It's going to be one or the other anyway. Don't worry about it. Just try to get him to bed. And if he goes to bed, sleep. And if he doesn't yeah. go to bed, you know, take care of him and then go to sleep when he does. But for some reason I get so anxious about it that oh, yeah. I can't go to sleep. I'm just like, no, is he going to go to sleep? Is he not going to go to sleep? I can't be in the room. I just can't be in the room. I can't be a part of this. I'm not going to be a part of this. If he can't sleep, it's not going to be my fault because I'm not going to be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the anxiety is uh, real. It doesn't go away. Oh, sure. And um, it's it's been really interesting to watch uh, the cat uh, from the story uh, kind of observe this passively. Sure. And that was the other aspect I wanted to, to kind of talk about was, you know, you got it made me really appreciate cats that I was sitting here anxious as hell and it had to be intentional. Just came up anytime I was getting anxious, getting the anxious leg and just mm -hmm. calm me down. And I was like, you know what cat? I may have misjudged you, but uh, as is made hopefully clear by the end that no matter how nice cats are, they're still a little bit of assholes. And it's they true. might they might tell you that it's going to be okay, but they are going to put that probably at the end. It's like it's going to be okay, bitch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna help, but they're not gonna all the way help. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I don't think this is a terrible analogy. This is even awful by my standards. You know, in CPR, where they do the chest compressions and then they blow in the mouth, I don't think you're supposed to do the blowing in the mouth anymore. I think that got determined not useful. Yeah. I don't know. D hey, if you're listening to me for advice on how to do CPR, don't. I'm not trained. <laughs> that, is, that is not what this podcast is about. Go take a course, learn from somebody who knows, not from me. But anyway, my point is, it was the first thing I thought of for a two-step process. And what I'm saying is that the cats would do chest compressions, but they're not going to blow in your mouth. <laughs> that is a real weird analogy, my friend. <laughs> you didn't want to picture cats doing CPR today? I just for some reason now, like, I'm just imagining, like, I don't know, like, from uh, 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 the Sandlot. <laughs> Just a cat, though, I and mean, it's just it's yeah. it's making me concerned. I thought that's what the C and CPR stood for. <laughs> I thought it stood for cats probably resuscitating. <laughs> but it's only because they don't want to lose you as a servant. Yeah, they realize that you are a path to food. That if you go away, that will disappear, and they will have to rely yeah. on somebody else, which they are not above. But it would be a hassle. Yeah. 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 All cats have just that little bit of ass. Yeah. A little bit of asshole. <laughs> they show it to you. That's another cat. Yeah. Trait. They give you yeah. a constant <laughs> reminder of what they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember seeing a web comic where it was a cat who was about to knock a glass off the table and the glass all of a sudden had a face was like swearing at the cat and so that's why the cat knocked it off all of them are just swearing at him <laughs> yeah yeah wasn't yeah, the cat like, it, was it. The, it was the glasses it. all along yeah yeah, yeah. it was the glass it was the glasses fault just obviously i dare you yeah, i mean they always give you that look too I, was like, what? I didn't do anything no just jumped off the table I was on the floor to begin with yeah. 
That's not my barf. <laughs> that happened. Man, I, I was so mad yesterday. Friggin' <laughs> baby pooped, and he was crying about it, and my wife was in the middle of something and couldn't deal with it, and the kids were trying to go to bed, and they all needed things and were having problems, and I was racing to take care of everything, and I just wanted to take a shower. That's what I was planning on doing. And uh, the cat threw up right in the middle of the doorway, and I was just like, oh, it's too much, and I'm racing back and forth, and then I just stepped right in it. Yep. And you know you're going to. You're like, I should clean that up right now or I'm going to step on it. And you're like, no, but I can't. I'm distracted. I got too much to do. And then you step in it. I did. And you knew you were going to. Yep. And then you got to do that stupid, like, walking on one tippy toe thing. <laughs> I mean, on the plus side, I was going to the shower eventually. But there you go. Uh, you know, it was a longer road than I wanted it to be. Sure. Your befoulment did not last long. Yeah. <laughs> I that <laughs> you know what? I think that's genuinely the best description of parenthood is it it isn't it doesn't change the destination of anything you really want to do. It just Steph, changes minutes. the road. All the roads become different. Like when I before I had kids, before I was married, before children were in my life, if I wanted to take a shower, the only obstacle in that path was my own laziness. Like, that road was a pretty straight line that was bordered only by my bed and a fridge. Like, that was the only distraction on the road from uh, whatever <laughs> I was doing to shower. Now that road is a winding road. That could be, like, from yeah. Arizona to las vegas now it could be a long mm -hmm. road it might be a whole day event i might wake up and go all i want to do is take a shower and a whole day can go by before i get there and you lay down in bed and it's 11 30 and then you lay down and all of a sudden you're just like ah fuck <laughs> yes i never showered <laughs> nope never happened uh anyway so i feel seen john i'm, I'm glad i feel seen yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I'm just telling I, I feel like to people who aren't parents, I'm telling them what all people who are parents have been telling them this whole time. And to people who are parents, they're just going, yeah, welcome to the club. Yep. You yeah. Have, you have simply discovered what all of us knew and we welcome you with open arms. But you know what I found? Uh, parents are very welcoming people. And yeah. it's because they know what you're going through yes and as a result it's like the nicest community ever because they all know that you're suffering <laughs> yep you're running on maybe three hours of sleep in the last couple of days yeah uh yeah so coffee's the only thing keeping you moving oh man coffee, coffee and sure sheer bloody mindedness yeah and the fact that just like there there is no no like yeah you just look at the kid and you're like well i don't you can suggest anything baby because i can't say no to it so <laughs> it's gonna just be what it's gonna be mm -hmm. uh anyway this has been a fun uh look at dadhood that's what my story was uh pre-dadhood in the case of the story and again, I think it's just it, it's interesting to put myself back in that headspace of a couple nights uh, before we went in to do the C-section. Like that was just a, a wild time for me. And, you know, from the couple nights before to the actual event itself to the I mean, I guess month so far that's followed. It's been a, a crazy journey that's ever changing. And uh, so I hope people aren't necessarily sick of me writing about stuff involving my kid. I'm not saying that it's going to be every month, but it's pretty top of mind. So uh, sure. it's, it's hard to it's hard to ignore. It's hard to clear that brain space. So uh, we'll see what we end up doing for next month. But uh, my goal isn't to have every friggin episode be autobiographical about my kid so don't 
don't necessarily write us off just yet, but. <laughs> just uh, yet. Give no, us a little. Not yet, yeah. I mean, let me prove to you that that's what I'm going to do. Don't assume. Just wait till I actually do it. Uh, that's all I'm asking. Yeah. I'm, I just don't want you preemptively. I, you know, let us commit the crime, then come after us. Yeah. This is this is not minority report. Yeah. Don't pre-crime us. Tom mm -hmm. Cruise already established that it's not a good idea. I don't remember yeah. if that's true. Was that the moral of the story? Was that pre-crime was BS? Or yeah. was it that pre-crime was the best crime? No, that it was BS. Okay. So yeah, don't judge us for pre-crimes. Yeah. Aaron, speaking of pre-crimes, uh, we need to figure out what we are going to be writing next month. Two. I didn't. I, I laughed because that ended up being a very appropriate transition. Um, what it's do you want? Like have an innate ability at this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I've done it for uh, days. <laughs> do you? At least a couple. Do you want to uh, do you want to come up with with words, phrases, ideas and me pick from them or do you want me to do it? How well, how I, do you want it, to determine it? If I remember correctly, last time we did this for realsies. Okay. I suggested a grouping of words. Oh, so it's my turn to pick Perhaps words. You come up with them this time. Okay. Stop asking me to do all the work, you chump. Okay. Uh <laughs> Let's see. Let's come up with uh, three options. Um, okay, option number one. That's not how you say it. Option number two. This thing doesn't belong. Option number three. Uh... Dirty silverware at a fancy party. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with option one, John. Remind me what option one was. <laughs> it's that, uh, that new parent brain kicking in. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not how you say it. I'm writing it down next to the show title so I remember when I start writing in a month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's not how you say it. That was inspired. I'm playing Final Fantasy 14 again. And uh, there's a there's a character in that has a real interesting way of pronouncing Barracuda. And it it like gets in my head every time she says it. She says Barracuda. And it just there. It's just like somebody is flashing a light in my eyes every time she says it. I don't hate it. It's just jarring. I don't hate it, but I sure don't like it either. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. That's not how you say it is the prompt. Yes, I did have to look. That was why there was a weird pause. That's not how you say it is the prompt for next month. Uh, we are going to be back with uh, two more exciting stories uh, to share with you about that. Uh, in the meantime, Aaron, do you want to direct people towards anything that you do that they might be interested in? Really putting you on the spot. I've never I, done this I, before, I and I've have just... anything else right now. No. Speaking I, of shining yeah. a light on somebody. Yeah. Uh, oh no, no. I, I honestly, this is like the only thing that I'm doing right now. Great. Uh, I, you know so, what? I demand full attention. Listen to more of this. Great. Oh, we are doing the retro episodes every Friday. I, I think I posted a bunch of them in advance, uh, scheduled mm -hmm. to come out. And I have not been back to see. I guess I will once I post this one. I don't know how much more time we have on that. But I bought us a lot of weeks. So uh, it's the best decision I ever made. I did it before uh, the kid was born. I just posted, got them all ready. 
and uh, felt very strong. Horror Month is either out or is coming out. I don't know. It's all exciting. So retro episodes every Friday till we run out of them. Uh, we are coming up in a very interesting spot. There is actually a lost episode I have discovered. I just don't have it. And uh, I can't find a way to recover it. So oh. there is going to be a missing episode in our retro episodes. The good news is it was back in the days where we were doing a show with no stories. And then we would do a show with stories. So uh, it's one of the episodes without stories. So okay. if you're just interested in so hearing what we wrote, story. they're all going to be there. You're just not going to know how we came up with the prompt, um, which is fine. You, you'll live. So uh, we'll get to posting those uh, this our new episodes, as you hopefully know, are at the end of the month um, because we need as much time as humanly possible to prepare because we are chronic procrastinators. That's why we do the damn show. If you <laughs> want to contact us, you can uh, send us a message on Twitter at ParallelWordsPC. You can also email us at ParallelWordsCast at gmail.com if you have prompts you want us to write, if you have ideas, if you just want to say, hey, you guys are groovy, uh, go for it do it we would love to hear from you we do we do love to hear from you so uh with all that in mind aaron thank you for joining me john thank you for having me uh always a pleasure uh everybody uh come up with a great use of the hashtag boat tropes boat tropes and use it liberally you're welcome aaron final parting words of wisdom for the people don't do anything that i wouldn't do oh you have really given them a lot of leeway that gives them a lot of freedom yeah (laughs) like a shocking (laughs) amount of freedom but hey inhibitions Maybe that'll be a new prompt. What did people do with the freedoms Aaron gave them? There you are. If that's I hereby. (laughs) If that's one of the word options. If you're like, hey, hey, Aaron, I'm thinking about doing this. Just message us, and I'll tell you whether or not I do it. Uh, I I won't vouch for how it turns out, uh, but I can tell you whether or not I would do it. That's all. If you don't hear from him right away, just assume he did, (laughs) or at least would. Yeah. Yeah, let's not get him in too much trouble. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next month.